You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new documentary film, Something's Going to Live, our guest today, Daniel Rame, gives us an intimate portrait of life, friendship, and the movies, as recalled by some of Hollywood's greatest cinema artists. The film profiles renowned art directors Robert Boyle, Her- Harold Michelson, and Albert Nasaki, as well as master cinematographers Conrad Hall and Haskell Wexler. Something's Going to Live will premiere at the AFI Fest Monday, November 2nd. Daniel Rame, welcome to Film School. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks How are you? Yeah, good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Getting ready for the fest. Pretty excited. Yeah. How does what is that? How does that work for you? Getting ready for the fest. What are you? Are you, uh, are you doing exercises or, or are you deep? Are you deep yeah. breathing exercises? Getting ready for all the excitement here. Usually one arm push ups. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Was well, that Jack Palance yeah, from the Academy yeah. Awards that did that? Well, good for you, Daniel. We we need we need uh, we need more people doing one arm push ups. So that's good to hear. That's right. <laughs> how, how did you get involved in, in this film, this project, which covers so much of Hollywood and so many great uh, artists that often go uh, overlooked? Right. Uh, the project, this project started, it's a 10 years in the making labor of love. It's about uh, 1998. I was a uh, student at the American Film Institute, and I was a student of uh, production designer Robert Boyle, who at the time was 90 years old. And I think the, I can safely say that the, this film pretty much started as a, a guest lecture of Bob Boyle was production designer Henry Bumstead. Yeah. And he showed us uh, one of his classics, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. And also he was up there. He was the kid, but he was 86 years old at the time. And uh, he pointed to the Bob at the end of the class and said, you know what, we're not going to be around much longer. And you better pick Bob's brain while he's still here, and you'll never find a better art director. And that's pretty much what got me thinking, someone's got to film these guys before they go. Mm-hmm. But, by the way, just not to, not to go off on a uh, track or, uh, too far off, but you mentioned Slaughterhouse-Five, Henry Bumstead. He also, did mm-hmm. the, he also did the art direction on The Sting. Those were two right. George Roy Hill films. Right. So that's yeah. I just think that's interesting. So that he so he liked what he did with Slaughterhouse Five, and obviously thought obviously there's a man with a lot of experience at George Roy Hill, a lot of and he did a right. great job with both films. So this thing is a beautiful. I just saw it the other day, uh, and it's a beautiful yeah. film to watch. Gorgeous film, right? Yeah, it's actually featured in our film, uh, The Sting. Mm-hmm. Henry Bumstead, who's also affectionately known as Bummy in the community, yeah. uh, talked extent talks extensively about aging sex, and that's his production design forte. Henry Bumstead was a master ager. And if you look and watch the film, you'll see that the, the, in the details, like the doorknobs are aged and everything looks lived in. Mm-hmm. And he talks in the film about how <clears throat> today, the, in his opinion, uh, he doesn't see that much. of <laughs> He doesn't see aging as well as it used to be. Now, it, well, it gives a, a comfortableness to a set, I think, too. It's not just 
a matter of bringing age into it. It's a, I, it looks lived in, and so I think the audience responds to that is it's someplace they can be rather than uh, if it's not age, it looks like a set. It looks apart from them. Right. You know, I'm thinking now also that possibly even the actor's performance is enhanced yeah. by the their, uh, by the physical environment. Yeah. And so if you kind of, <laughs> I don't mean to draw comparisons, but if you look at the performances in, in some of those films, it just seems really natural. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it, it, uh, does, would Henry or does Henry attribute that? That's that? Bummy. Okay. Bummy. Yeah. Is Henry mm-hmm. Bumstead Bummy, uh, does he attribute that to a... Uh, a lack of attention to detail? Is it a laziness? Are there budget considerations? What is it that makes what he did uh, 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 it, different than yeah. what's been going on? You know, these, you know, these art directors, these old art directors, started in the apprentice system of the studio system. Mm-hmm. And their craft really comes from their mentor in the 1930s, Hans Dreyer, who was a German art director, and who... You know, they, these guys were all painters, sculptors, architects. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to, you know, draw too many comparisons <laughs> with today's films, but these, they felt very strongly about certain aesthetics in their set design, and you really feel them when you watch the films. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I bring up this sort of I don't, I mean, laziness may not be the right word to use, but is there <clears throat> because of CGI and the ability to kind of manufacture right. sets um, uh, uh, right. gra- graphically uh, that you, these art directors aren't tra- haven't don't have the eye that uh, Bumstead had or have the feel yeah. for 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 a set that, well, the way that he I, did? I can tell you, sure. I mean, I can tell you that Robert Boyle, who, his feeling is he he disagrees with the system of <laughs> CGI as a you know as a filmmaker although he admits that if Hitchcock was around today he would definitely use it yeah. that being said his feeling is that the uh, background the blue screen the actor can't feel it yeah yeah, yeah. I remember a film that came out a couple of years ago. It was uh, Sky Captain, uh, uh, something of tomorrow. I can't remember exactly. It had uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, and uh, uh, okay, anyway, it was entirely blue screen. The whole film was a blue screen or right, green screen. Right. I'm sorry, am I saying that right? Green screen. Well, that used to be blue, and now it's green. Yeah, but, uh, whatever. Right. But and and the 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 rap on the film was it's wow, you know, magnificent film to look at. But it felt like the actors were really just kind of uh, wooden. They were walking through a, a film that they had no idea. They had really no idea what they were acting against, and, and I think that's what you're talking right. about. Well, this, this brings to mind North by Northwest, okay. and it brings specifically the climax at Mon Mount Rushmore was entirely photographed using photographic blow-ups as backgrounds mm-hmm. and matte paintings, <laughs> yeah. and the actors were actually playing against. The physical environment, and this, this is this, you know, and also interestingly enough, uh, Robert Boyle feels very strongly about something called the um, the the subtle vibration of painted uh, backings as well. Mm-hmm. That the versus like uh, the you know the blue screen, which then is a composite CGI backing. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is the the new uh, <laughs> this is the new age. And we're, we're filmmakers are so, sort of slowly learning how to deal with these the new technology. Yeah. Well, we so Henry obviously uh, and Robert Boyle is sort of the dean of what. Now is is Robert still with us? Yes, okay. actually, he just turned yeah. one hundred years old, and 
he's still going. He just turned 100 in October, and he's still going to the AFI conservatory, uh, taking part in classes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he is something else. Yeah. No. What's you know the it, the film that you cover in this documentary, and all the one the one that comes to my mind all the time when thinking of Robert Boyle is The Birds. Uh, right. Yeah. Does, is there a, a, a an ethic of of art direction that he carries with him that he that kind of came you know full on uh, mm-hmm. obviously in in that film is, is there some some intangible thing yeah. I'm trying to get at here that that he tries to express through all it's his films? The scream. It's the scream of Edward Munch. Yeah, that was the yeah. first image. Hitchcock basically they they wrapped North by Northwest, stopped them at the back lot of MGM said, Bob, I have this novella for you. <laughs> it's called yeah. The Birds. Bob read it that night and did a series of storyboard illustrations based on his gut emotional reaction to the film. And that's where it starts, kind of from his sort of uh, interpretation, emotional interpretation, and psychological and philosophical. And, you know, he, <laughs> I think he feels close to some of the uh, <laughs> environmental ideas that the film depicts. Yeah. But... Um, which is discussed in the film, but I think that his sort of sensibility towards how emotion is portrayed on the screen is incredible. And it's depicted through his original sketches, and you really feel and see the film. We're speaking with Daniel Rame. The film is Something's Going to Live, and uh, there's a great little segment in in this film where they are up in uh, Bodega Bay, uh, re- reliving, uh, shooting the birds, and and especially some of the scenes right. involving the schoolhouse. Were, were you up there with them? Yes. All right. So you you were I was doing... up there with them. All right. I was. I go ahead. I was just going to say, how was that? I mean, they're, they're vi- revisiting something. It was thirty-seven years ago that since then has become part of our culture. That that film right. is you, you can't uh, can't be an American or even a world citizen for most part with, without having seen that film and having absorbed the lesson of that film. How did, what was it for them going back and revisiting the spot where it was <laughs> made? It was incredible. I mean, for everyone involved, not only for the crew but especially for. Bob Boyle and Harold Michelson. Now, Harold went with Bob. Harold uh, is considered the world's greatest illustrator, and he's one of the six uh, featured artists in Something's Gonna Live. Um, he and Bob, you know, long story short, they didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> um, 37 years later, they were astounded by the physical changes to the landscape, and, um, and memories were just gushing through them, and fortunately they articulated uh, very distinctly and humorously uh, their memories and feelings towards the birds, towards their friendship, towards making the birds, towards the camaraderie of the cast and crew on that film. Yeah. It was like a family. Yeah. Was that, was that a typical uh, uh, experience on a, on a uh, Hitchcock film? Uh, because there's the stories, there's sort yeah. of the perception of Hitchcock as sort of the uh, taskmaster, kind of the, uh, you know, the the despot, if you will. And, and well, that, that was just to his actors, I think. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Do you have any insight into that, Daniel? Was was, was Hitchcock just a, a bastard to the actors? And he, yeah. he trot his, taught his... Uh, he or he kept his crew... Uh, he, he Look, loved... I mean, here's my understanding. Hitchcock was pretty hands-off. 
during the filmmaking process. That's that's what I mean by that is that he felt Hitchcock felt that by the time he had finished writing and storyboarding his yeah, film, yeah. and by the way, Harold describes how they put all the storyboards that he drew on a screen and watched the movie, that he, you know, some people say that Hitchcock can direct from a telephone, basically. And um, coming that, back to your question. No, that, I, that actually I, is, that actually does go to what I'd heard, too, is that once the tech, he let the technicians take care of it at that point. Yeah. yeah. Look, what I want to say is that I think it's, it's well known that Hitchcock surrounded himself with some of the best collaborators in Hollywood right. at the time. And that goes for Robert Boyle and Harold Michelson and, and Bob Burks, the cameraman, and uh, George Tomasini, the editor. And Bob and Harold describe that experience as a family, that they would um, fin- wrap the shoot. And most people want to go home, but they would wrap a day's shoot and go and sit in a hotel room and drink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and eat and talk about the next day's work. And they, yeah, they it was a, hmm, it's it's. It's a good scene in the film because it really takes you back into their memories of that period. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're speaking with Daniel Rame. The film is Something's Gonna Live. You guys keep saying going to live, and I, I'm going to correct both of you I on that. going? You said going. Something's going to live. Excuse me. <laughs> so there you go. We're going to get this right. It's playing at AFI. Uh, at this, the, the AFI Festival starts uh, this Thursday. Uh, sorry. This Friday. Yeah. Pardon me. At, at, the, right. the, Friday, the, the, 30th. at the Chinese Man. And the uh, you've got the main Chinese man, and you've got the uh, the, the the mini mans, the chin- the Chinettes. Yes, yeah, the Chinettes will <laughs> also be featuring AFI related films here. So we're and looking forward going, to that. Gonna live is going to be on uh, uh, Monday, November second. Right there, yeah. you go. Monday, November second, four p.m. and it's our world premiere. And uh, Haskell Wexler and Robert Boyle who, as I mentioned, turned 100 in October, will be our confirmed to attend. Well, let, let, I want to talk about, because we've been talking about Robert, we've, Harold, uh, Henry. I want to talk about Conrad Hall and Haskell Wexler. Uh, I think uh, Conrad Hall is an amazing, was an amazing uh, cinematographer, yeah. one of the, the very finest, as well as Haskell Wexler, maybe maybe my favorite cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, um Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead. Well, was, I'm going to ask you: Was it tough getting hold of all the uh, the footage that you have of their work? Was was that a, a project for you, or was did you find that pretty easy to get hold of? You know, I found it pretty easy to get hold of. Yeah. I mean, one of the highlights of Bob Boyle's career is working with Conrad Hall on In Cold Blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was Bob who suggested to me to contact Conrad Hall because. Our documentary was starting to investigate certain areas of the, not only not just the craftsmanship of filmmaking, but the philosophy and the artistry that goes into storytelling and filmmaking. And Conrad was clearly one of the um, you know top cinematographers, but I think he could be considered one of the great you know American film poets. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. In, in in cold blood is just an amazing film. I'm glad you got that one uh, shot of. Uh, of I want to say <laughs> we've seen Robert Boyle so much. I can of, of the 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 crying scene. The uh, and it's not yeah. really crying. It's the rain scene. Rain it, sequence. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's perhaps the most memorable it, shot ever in in film. It. You know you may be right. And in, in this particular case, it's fascinating to hear how collaborative process between the production designer and the cinematographer sort of helped, <laughs> um, 
you know, create such a shot mm-hmm. in that Bob set the lighting outdoors in just the right way, but not really knowing what was going to happen, you know, with the with the reflection on his face. But the yeah. uh, and then it's Conrad Hall's magic eye that catches that. Yeah. It's wonderful. Now, now the uh, and, and there's speaking of there's so many memorable scenes. I want Conrad Hall work obviously his work, but I'm looking at one the one of the his last film, uh, Road to Perdition. There is an absolutely beautiful scene in which um, um, uh, Paul Newman's character is standing out in the middle of this uh, open area, and there's machine gun fire all around. And to the filmmaker's credit, they turned off the sound, and all you see is the flash from the machine guns and that whole scene is just amazing yeah. and uh yeah. i mean just as sort of a capper to his who to his career was was uh to me that film and that scene that so, moment sure yeah yeah really really amazing so i mean we just we could go on and on i mean so many great films that he he, he was a part of american beauty and butch cassidy and others uh it must, must yeah. have been fun to have Haxel Wexler along with you, too. I mean, he grabbed his camera and did some work there, too. Am I right? That's, yeah, we we were very fortunate to, to have Haskell help us with the initial uh, cinematography. Yeah. Um, and he seemed to have some great insight, too. I mean, I, I believe something's going to live is, is his, uh, his statement right there at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Now, the other fellow that we can't forget here is Albert Nasaki. And it was just, yeah. just you know, wonderful to see him. And I, I, I like their sense of humor with each other. When you know the the blind man, uh, right? <laughs> yes, he'll go uh, to the moon even though he's blind. Yes, but <laughs> but but yeah. the uh, it, just so nice to see him sitting there holding the the model, the the first model for War of the Worlds. Uh, you have a does he have a still have a good sense of 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 that period of time? You know, even though he's he's blind he's, he can't see anything you you still have a feeling that he has a, a connection to to the visual world yeah I, I agree with you and that's a testimony to his artistry maybe uh and yeah. <laughs> you put it very interestingly that i mean huh, nozaki albert nozaki was the production designer of the ten commandments and helped uh, create that famous parting of the red sea yeah. Yeah. and War of the Worlds and the, the Martian war machines landing in Los Angeles. So his sense of uh, physical effects and uh, artistry is really, uh, really, you know, a, um, one of the highlights in the of his career. Those two films. Well, what's it's great about? I mean, these people that we're talking about: Albert Nozaki, Haskell Wexler, Conrad Hall, Henry Bumstead, and Robert Boyle. Is that connection to uh, an era in filmmaking when? Um, there was the studio system. There was a there was a, this attention to craftsmanship that we're, we've been talking about, and it, it's also that connection going back to the Ten Commandments. I mean, well, actually, I'm well further back. I mean, we go way back with these film these filmmakers. It, we're loose. They are a generation of of people that were are are unfortunately passing away, and I the the, 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 the strength of this film is that we we do have an opportunity to spend time with people who were a part of that era. Uh, did that? Did that must have felt uh, very special to you as, as a filmmaker to be able to sit there and talk to these guys? It, it was a genuine honor. I mean, yeah. no question. I mean, I, I don't even know how I found myself in this position because, I mean, it was frightening at first to 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 feel like I'm responsible for for you know um, telling their story in a way that's both objective in a documentary sense. 
yeah. and personal and because of my affection for them. Yeah. Well, the film is Something's Going to Live. You've been speaking with Daniel Rame. Did I say going to? You did again? it. You did it. A gunner. Some, I can't do that. I There's know. something about my, my makeup. <laughs> well, something only Haskell Wexler can do that. <laughs> <laughs> some, you're, you're, you're too well bred. You're too well educated to say it that way. And uh, so Hardly. I'll say it. Something's going to live. Something's going to live. Uh, it'll be playing in at the AFI Fest in Los Angeles this Monday, November 2nd at 4 p.m. And uh, we've been speaking with Daniel Rame, the director. Daniel Rame, thank you so much for being with us here on Film School today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Take care. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash Film School.